Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Computomics podcast. This is our last episode for 2020, and it's been such a pleasure being able to do the podcast, being able to hear from our wonderful guests and collaborators, and to contribute to the global community of thought out there. We're so grateful to our audience, and this week we will be concluding the year with our managing director, Sebastian talking about a few of the challenges we've had in 2020 and looking forward to 2021. We hope you enjoy the episode and we hope to see you back with us in 2021. So Sebastian, welcome to the episode. Thank you. Maybe um, since you were also our first episode as we started this podcast, it's very fitting that you're also our end of the year podcast. and. In some ways, I can't believe that the year is already wrapping up. I remember when you and I first began recording, I believe it was in March, and here we are in December. So maybe you can give our audience a little bit of information about how Computomics has done this year, some of the lessons that we've learned, and maybe some of the things that uh, we have taken away from 2020. Yeah, great. Um... Certainly, it's uh, for everybody this year. It's been an unusual year in one way or another. And uh, the same is, of course, true for Computomics. We um, have seen how quickly things can change from um, us regularly visiting clients to um, no longer traveling and um, how quickly things can change on um, also a national and international level um, from different measures being taken Uh, very quickly and um, I think what this uh, year has shown me is that um, uh, science uh, and scientific methods are often needed to to bail us out of what um, kinds of uh, difficulties um, life on this planet is uh, creating for us sometimes and um, that uh, we have to um, I think do a good job of communicating science and making sure that people trust it so that um, we can go to uh, normalizing things, to making sure that the way that we like to interact with each other is uh, once again possible with the help of scientific advances. So in a sense, you're saying that even if science feels like we have the answer or the potential answer or a step towards the answer, unless it is accepted and trusted and um, welcomed by the people to whom we have to communicate it, it won't serve a purpose. So do you mean to say that the communication and sort of the ability to translate it into something people can understand is just as integral as the science itself? Yeah, I mean, uh, it doesn't really help anyone if you're able to make a discovery um, by yourself uh, at home and then no one uh, sees the benefits or believes the outcome, and therefore it just doesn't get implemented. So uh, we need to effectively communicate um, advances and achievements, and um, people need to uh, be at least willing to give them a try and make sure that they can uh, trust um, what you have reported, uh, because you've done it in a way that um, is verifiable, and. Um, be able to uh, really make use of these advances and build upon them uh, for their own advances or their own products or own um, well-being that they would like to uh, achieve with the help of this discovery. 
And how do you think we were able to, at the beginning when we first launched some of our products, how do you think we were able to um, bridge that gap when nobody else was talking about this kind of technology that we use or about machine learning or about breeding predictions? How could we bridge that gap? And what is there to learn from, from those experiences? I think we've been very lucky with uh, some of our clients. Um, we've had uh, several uh, client relationships uh, mature this year. Uh, several of our uh, long-term clients uh, who we have worked with on um, phenotype prediction, on uh, helping them uh, with their breeding programs, have uh, signed up for longer-term uh, deals for um, these kinds of partnerships that uh, we are currently um, offering to companies. And um, that was because they were able to see, um, let's say on their own fields, on with their own field trials, that the predictions we are making uh, are helpful to them, that um, the kinds of results that um, we have envisioned are actually um, then tangible on their fields, um, that the kinds of uh, yields and um, the kinds of hybrids or crosses that we're uh, suggesting um, really made it um, into their breeding programs and uh, gave them the advances that they were looking for. And in a way that makes sense, right? So as a very intuitive and rational people, breeders, it makes sense that they would want to see the, the outcome or the results of these predictions before they enter into long-term partnerships, of course. But what is the way that you envision, for example, for the years to come for us to communicate this in a way that already feels more tangible and for other startups who are maybe involved in high-tech sector or maybe in a digital data analytics product that's complex, maybe based on AI or machine learning, how do we make that feel concrete and tangible for clients so that it's not always a multi-year um, path to partnership? One of the important things there is um, making sure that um, the technology itself is something that people feel comfortable with, that they understand um, to the degree that they uh, want to get involved in it. The kinds of things that um, we are able to um, showcase uh, are certainly limited at the moment because um, many of the larger uh, field trials of course take a lot of time and space and um, also investment uh, to simply uh, do at home and then uh, showcase. So um, that is certainly a challenge to uh, have something that is tangible enough and convincing enough um, for new clients to look at and say, oh, this is really uh, an advance uh, over previous methods and I'm happy to give it a try. So um, what we have uh, started this year is um, apply for some larger scale uh, grants for some support for um, building on existing um, technologies uh, to get to, um, let's say, examples and um, showcase projects that we are able then to really talk about openly, that we can uh, share detailed results with and uh, talk about the methods that we used in order to obtain the results. And with these kinds of uh, grants that would fund um, these additional um, necessary uh, research activities, 
or um, confirmation activities for our technologies, we would then be able to um, have showcase projects in hand that we can share with interested parties that uh, can be scrutinized and um, much like other scientific discoveries um, are being peer reviewed and um, understood uh, by others to be an actual advance and an actual improvement over existing methods. So participating in uh, grants um, with other scientists as well as uh, starting hopefully um, running our own projects with our own visions of um, in these cases um, maybe helping people that uh, wouldn't be able to afford these kinds of technologies otherwise or um, creating these kinds of showcases that advance our own um, marketing and market presence. That's what we um, have started this year and that hopefully will uh, start to implement next year in 2021 with uh, some of these uh, grants successfully being awarded to us. Yeah, you know, it's uh, funny, it makes me think of a commercial I just heard for electric cars here in the US. I don't know the automaker, but the conclusion was electric cars, they're normal now. Um, and I just imagine that at some point they're going to say machine learning based predictions, they're normal now, you know, like for breeders. And it's that normalization process, and which also feels like a tangibility process for clients that I think is so important to um, to sort of make it feel like something that they can have control over in their mind. Because oftentimes I think technology feels like something that can run away from you, especially if you're someone who's very busy in the field, then the technology itself feels like it's something that you won't understand and is just going to essentially uh, force you into a conclusion that you weren't comfortable making yourself. And it's that sense of control that I think that comes with this data-backed examples and um, and sort of public public dissemination of information, which I respect us for not sharing because, of course, it's our, our paying clients' private data, but would love to have as well to showcase and to sort of explain to people how they would have control over this data themselves and over this technology themselves and how that would really integrate into in fact, them having more control over their whole breeding um, process, I guess. Do you see it the same way? Yeah, I think um, technology, um, maybe much like electric cars, uh, when they first come out, uh, people are a bit reluctant to try it and say, um, does this really work? Am I going to be able to uh, get all to, to all the places that I wanted to go? And um, it's maybe not something that you uh, want to uh, put a large uh, investment into uh, just to figure out, oh, maybe it uh, wasn't such a good time to, to invest in this already. Um, but um, that's what we are here for. We believe in our technology and its, its benefits that it brings um, and also in the advances that uh, we will be able to make with it um, once you are able to um, make full use uh, of all of the benefits that it brings, including the interpretability to potentially identify directly which genes are involved in certain uh, metabolic pathways that are quite uh, difficult to maybe elucidate without uh, the ability to have these higher order correlations, these uh, nonlinear interactions that you see with the environment and um, the genotypes. So. Um, understanding these kinds of relationships um, might in the future uh, be something that breeders really want to do and um, we're certainly here 
uh, to enable that, but also just uh, show them these initial benefits that the technology can bring. And I think it's natural for people to say, if I have a running system, I don't think there is any need for me to adapt that or change that. Um, but as soon as more and more people are um, using the technology and uh, telling you about the kinds of benefits that you're going to see, um, I think we're also going to have more people that are willing to give it a try and uh, to see where it leads them and um, making sure that they get that chance and um, get the opportunity to uh, maybe identify the kinds of um, additional benefits that uh, come with it um, are sort of the uh, goal also for these grants that we have applied to so uh, we can really showcase um, some of the more advanced uh, features of these technologies that we're implementing. Um, and maybe on the same topic as a final question or as a sort of final look into 2021, I think what goes really well into this discussion and what we've been talking a lot about internally is the concept of these um, preparatory consultancy ideas or packages that we offer our clients. So for those who are not necessarily uh, feel like they're ready to trade in um, their diesel or gas car for an electric car or let's say their current technology or maybe they're they don't have enough data to really work with them to establish the infrastructure that can lead them into this territory in the future is that something that you think goes along the same path of sort of giving people control and an understanding of what's to come yeah so uh, we are offering um, these kinds of consultant packages where we take a look at uh, what kinds of data would have to be generated what kinds of maybe additional um, crosses or uh, tests um, you would have to put into the field in order to make maximum use of um, the benefits of machine learning based predictions. And um, I think that's a great way for people to, first of all, get an assessment how ready they are for these technologies, but also um, make sure that uh, once they're ready to make that jump, that they're prepared uh, for the kinds of things um, that they would like to do. Um, for example, staying with the electric car. Um, the, um, if you're now building a new uh, house and uh, you're building a garage, why not put in uh, like a larger um, power source, um, maybe a plug that is able to then charge your car uh, in the future if you decide then to change it. So looking at the kinds of processes that you have in place, at the kinds of data that you're already generating, why not make sure um, to get uh, sort of an uh, assessment and maybe some tips about um, what to uh, improve to make sure that it's compatible with the kinds of technologies that will be um, probably part of the, the future breeding um, efforts as well as um, with other types of um, analyses that we support, for example, also on the metagenomics side to, for example, take whole genome metagenomics um, instead of just 16S datasets and um, make these kinds of changes now uh, in order to be prepared for the data that um, and the analyses that you are probably going to want to make in the future. So I think we're really uh, grateful for all of the um, support that we've received from uh, several of our customers this year to um, award us with these uh, multi-year uh, partnerships that uh, we are going to um, fulfill and uh, probably exceed the expectations over the coming years. 
that they're supporting us with and uh, those are the people for which and thanks to which we are able to do all of these things. Yeah, I, I know that we really hold our, our customers close, um, close in our minds and we're always very grateful. We really enjoy the partnership and the collaboration and I think that we, um, we've had it be very successful and fruitful and enjoyable on both sides. And so from that perspective, I think that's, that is great that from such a strange year, um, also wonderfully strange things <laughs> have happened. Um, and I hope that next year really takes us the next step and really gives us the opportunity to bring our technology to light and really make it feel more tangible and approachable for people which is also sort of the goal of this podcast to make people um, give them an opportunity or some insight into what we talk about and what we do on a daily basis and how committed we are to um, to the field and to the possibilities within within what we do. So thank you, Sebastian, for a great year. And thanks to our audience for supporting us this year. And if there's anything else you'd like to say, then you're welcome. Thank you. So um, it's been a very exciting year, I think. Um, of course, there are many uh, tragedies that took place and um, many things that uh, probably everyone wished um, wouldn't have happened or happened differently. Yeah. But then any kind of change is an opportunity to look at how you're doing things today and uh, maybe how to improve them in the future and uh, to um, really uh, prove your own, to improve your own strategies and um, approaches uh, so that you can make the best use of new technologies and uh, new scientific discoveries that have come about. So. Thanks to everyone who's uh, supported us and uh, we welcome the chance to convince everyone else. So thank you everyone for listening to our end of the year podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. We want to thank all of our customers. We want to thank all of our partners, our collaborators, everyone who is in the field contributing to a more sustainable way of working in the world, a better way of uh, managing our food systems, our agriculture, of bringing technology and biology together. We hope you, everybody has a great end of the year and that 2021 is amazing for everyone. Thank you again and we'll see you next year.